WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. The new Israeli national security advisor is facing a not-so-new dilemma. But American churches are facing a new dilemma. America, the country, continues to undermine Israel. We'll learn about labels and liabilities through our newly elected Congress. And Pastor Mark will continue to sing the song, Don't Buy the Lie, But Is Anyone Listening? Anyone? Well, ready or not, These are the signs of the times. Our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, January 6th, 2023. Whenever you are ready, we're ready for you. How about that? Our podcasts are just itching to be played through Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google. Or start your new year off right with thewaymedia.net or download the Waymedia app to ask prophecy questions and read the articles that we discuss. And now, if I had a say in who gets elected to be the next House Speaker for the 118th Congress, my vote goes to Pastor Mark. Oh, I was joking. Who was going to quit? Who was going to quit all his bad habits for the new year? But then he remembered that nobody likes a quitter. Oh, that's good. No, that's a oh, good one. My no, that is good. Uh, you know what? No, that's what? good. It's just not one of those you burst out laughing. No, no, no. That's don't, that, wow. Out there, listen. In Radio Land, they're going. Ah, that's 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 cute. See, I, 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 I gavel down. Yeah. Says the speaker. Okay. Um, we, yes. We, 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 motion motion passes <laughs> to accept that joke as legitimate. <laughs> yes. We have the votes. Well, pass that joke. Well, by the way, I'm just noticing here on the news that he it looks like he's about to lose his 12th uh, one here. McCarthy's about to, we'll talk some about that again later. But well, I'm the watching. 12th time's a charm. Yeah, so, we'll see. Or something like that. Yeah, I very have no interesting. Idea. But anyway, I have no idea. Yeah. No, that, don't, yeah, that, was, an, that was an okay joke. Uh, before right. we get to the prophecy of the future, let's get to the facts of the past. That's what I'm going to call this. Okay. Okay. Facts of the past. On this day in 1838, Samuel Morse unveiled his invention, the telegraph. Wow. And from that, of course, we know was born Western Union, who sent their last telegraph in February of 2006. Wow. Very interesting. There you go. All right. That's great fun facts. That was just a little fun fact. A blast from the past. A blast from the past. There you go. All right. Uh, But we will not be uh, sending this show out in Morse code. Or uh, or anything like that from Samuel Morse. We've we've now evolved. Yes, that's right. To podcast code. There you go. So anyway, uh, some things you want to talk about before yeah. we get into articles. Yeah, I do. I, you know, I want to just take a moment before we jump into all our articles and jump around the world. You know, we we all and we're going to actually talk a little bit more about it in a moment. I think with what happened with this NFL football player, but we all saw that and 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 saw what happened here. And and I guess when I saw what happened to that player, and, and I know what's going on over in Europe with a lot of other athletes that have been dying. Um, this kind of thing and all, I, I, you know, there's going to be some weird things happening in the last days. And, and as people that look at prophecy and looking at the things that God has revealed to us, um, my first encouragement is this. We need to recognize the move of the enemy. We need to recognize that, uh, the spirit of Antichrist is strongly at work, that Satan is working, uh, working overtime to deceive the peoples, deceive the nations, um, to do as much damage as he can in the last days through whatever means that he can do them. And, um, and I want to just encourage our listeners, don't write off what your eyes plainly see. Don't write off what your mind can plainly understand. There is a real push uh, almost to, I think, back people down from thinking 
by bringing up the term conspiracy theory. Look, there are conspiracy theories out there that are nutball. We know that. I mean, you got you, you can go down the line. You got your flying saucers, your Bigfoot, your all that. Look, I'm not saying to get lost in things that you look at and go, that's crazy. All right. However, there are a lot of things. You know, conspiracies happen. There are real conspiracies. They've been on the planet throughout time. And we Psalm 2 talks about the leaders of the world conspiring together against Christ in the last days. So don't write everything off as a conspiracy theory. Use your brain. Use your eyes. Use your ears. Use the Word of God mostly. Pray and say, God, what are you showing me in the days in which we live? Because, again, the Bible talks very clearly about the, the spirit of Satan deceiving the world in the last days. Uh, using the world uh, elites and governments to manipulating them to try to control the world where the Antichrist is going to come into power. And so uh, let's make sure we're not focused on world leaders so much, and whether it be NFL owners or whatever, it's Satan working. We have to get our eyes above mankind. The Bible says in Ephesians, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities in heavenly places. And so we've got to realize we are wrestling against the demonic realm, and the demonic realm is manipulating world leaders. The demonic realm is manipulating, um, you know, institutions and organizations, and the demonic realm is blinding them. The Bible says in the last days um, there will be a deception, a worldwide deception for those who don't know Christ. So, uh, again, I, I guess I just, when I saw this happening, uh, when I see these things happening, like I see, again, I can see famines on the horizon. I, it doesn't take a genius to figure out. Um, they are disrupting the fertilizer supplies around the world where world leaders are. They're shutting down farmland in other countries, m- massive amounts of farmland and farmers. It doesn't take a genius to go, something's going on here that's going to lead to famines worldwide. And I'm not trying to make us afraid. I'm just being honest. The Bible says in Matthew, in the last days, there'll be famines, wars, all these things. Famines and war go hand in hand. Pestilence goes hand in hand with famine and war. So you're going to see more of these kind of wars, pestilence, famines. But what I'm noticing is a coordinated effort by the world leaders to make it happen. And, Greg, that's what I'm saying. We've got to go above that and realize it's Satan running the show. Did you know we have Black Hawk helicopters that are flying down to certain areas and helping migrants get into get up to the to come to America illegally? We're using our military now in certain ways. And, again, I can't – again, I'm not going to go into detail right now. That My point is world leaders are involved in helping yeah. break borders down. They're helping to promote what's going to be worldwide famine. They're helping promote – either true um, um, plagues or fake plagues, whatever the point is, yeah. this is something that is too coordinated to be man. This is demonic, it is Satan, and it's this last yeah. day's world stuff going uh, on. Let's rephrase that, Pastor Mark, and say that world leaders have made themselves uh, usable there by Satan. Available. Available, that's right. because that's, right. that's really what's happening. You know, my mind goes back when you mentioned the whole issue with controlling fertilizers and famine. Uh, my mind went back to Hitler. Uh, because, you know, Hitler's atrocities, uh, murdered and tortured and, and whatnot, millions of people, and, and predominantly Jews, but other people groups were involved there. Yeah. That, that he murdered. Yeah. God did not design us. It's not in our DNA. It's not in our thought process to do such things. Yeah. On that scale, I'm not saying that we don't. We that the Bible tells us we have murderous thoughts, and Second Timothy chapter three, and the heart is deceitfully wicked. I I get all that, and we we see that every day in our news. But I'm right. talking about on a massive scale, yeah, which is what we see Hitler, and we, and we believe that you know uh, that Hitler was probably at one point you know possessed, yeah, uh, absolutely. You would almost have to be, yeah, to do those things. And yeah. so my mind thinks the same way about these world leaders that are now making decisions that knowingly will murder untold yeah. numbers of people it's at astounding. this point. We don't we, we we really don't know. But what we do know is that the same people that are out there as champions of population control yeah. have also been involved with COVID-19 oh, yeah. and its quote-unquote remedy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, Greg, this all ties together, and I want to get back to that. Yeah. I want to make one yeah. real quick yes. comment about the family, get back to that thought, because, um, you know, 
when you see the world leaders working together toward famine, what happens when you lose the value of human life? You, you, yeah, exactly. You'll come up with a plan to make a world you want. If people die doing it, who cares? It's the sin nature. And even this Nord Stream pipeline that got blown up, and it's pretty much all been verified that America did that. You had to have the kind of technology to go that deep and the weaponry to do that kind of thing. Russia wouldn't have done it. They blamed it on Russia, but Russia is the one that helped put it in. That's part of their supply line. They wouldn't blow up their own supply lines. So we pretty much know America, with the technology needed, is pretty much the one that has clandestine, you know, has done this. And uh, and I think everybody kind of kind of acknowledges that without coming out and saying it. You know, you don't have a big argument, I think, in even a lot of different circles in that. But but you need the gas pipelines in part of the production process for for making fertilizer, you know, for making the the, the things they need for fertilizer. There's so many things that link together that, that are involved. That in if the you don't understand, you don't get it. Yeah. Yes, now. So my point is, the whole world is working together um, in a coordinated effort to destroy mankind, and that has to be demonic. It has to be larger than just any one man or any one government. And you brought up the point about even what's happening here with. Um, um, you know, this, the whole COVID-19 thing and all the, the vaccine that now, again, they're pushing these multiple vaccines and multiple boosters and multiple shots and all this. And they say they're going to be doing it forever and we need to all keep doing it. And now we're seeing, Greg, you know, remember, um, with what's happening with the athletes overseas and, 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 and I believe what's been happening with some of our athletes here in America. Uh, they've been pushing multiple shots with boosters and all these kind of things or whatever. And I, I believe we know, have enough information now to know that it is causing for those who go, go, go on and get these multiple shots. There are higher cases of myocarditis, which can lead to heart attack and all these kinds of things. And, and, you know, you brought up something, Greg, right before the show that we've talked about in the past, but it's very appropriate to bring up again now. Because Revelation says that in the last days, Satan will deceive the entire world through pharmakia. And pharmacia, Revelation eighteen twenty three. Yes, and that's where we get the word pharmacy. So pharmaceuticals. In other words, pharmaceuticals, the Bible says, are going to be a part of a worldwide deception that God is going to be so upset about, he's going to judge the world for it. And this may be what we're watching happen with this push to have multiple shots, continued boosters, continue this. It's using the pharmaceutical world that we now know is causing detrimental effects to people's lives. Um, and it, I believe it's very much a part of what we're going to be seeing happen even in greater measure by the time we get to the great tribulation. I think you're seeing the foundation laid, but I mean, this is going to get much worse. And I think we're seeing it even now, uh, becoming more exponential in the state. So anyway, to wrap this up, unless you have a comment, you want to make Greg, what you can, I just, here's my heart on this. You know, I had this thing, right? I said, I don't want to mention this at the first of the show. There's such a push to, to shut your mind down and shut your eyes down and shut your ears down by, by yelling conspiracy theory. Forget that. Ignore those that are yelling conspiracy theory. Stay away from crazy conspiracy theories. I agree 100%. Look at it. If it's silly and foolish, stay away from it. But if you can see in Scripture what's going on, and you can see the hand of Satan involved worldwide, this is a worldwide deception, I believe, going on with the continued boosters and shots, and you see the worldwide effort for that's leading to famines. I mean, nations working together to create famine? Um, again, you have to go higher than mankind. Yeah. It's too organized worldwide. This is spiritual. It is last day stuff. Have your eyes wide open and don't let people back you down by yelling conspiracy theory. I I get it, but there are real conspiracies and the Bible talks about it in Psalm two in the last days. Pastor Mark, I think it's safe to say that in this country and around the world, for the most part, um, we lack the skill, ability, or desire to critically think. No kidding. No kidding. Uh, that used to be something that was taught in our schools. Yeah. And I believe that the foundation was laid by the spirit of Antichrist with the push for the humanistic approach to life. Yeah. And that is, let's follow our heart, let's follow our feelings, let's yeah. be led by our emotions. Yeah. And we know what the Bible tells us about our emotions right. and about our feelings. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, how we need to get back to God's Word. Anyway, without foundation being laid over the foundation of, of, of critical thinking, we are now led by our emotions and led by what we're being told without questioning those things, yeah. which we were always taught to question. Um, science, for example, 
science, true science does not have a problem being questioned. No, you're supposed to think. You're supposed That's what to science think. is all about. It's an evaluation it, process. It, if if science has a problem being questioned, then it's propaganda. Right. Right. It's yeah. an agenda. Yeah. So if you're a parent out there, make sure your kids are taught how to critically think. Yeah. And yeah. think for themselves. And not only that, I would say that get them into God's word because God's word is a fantastic plumb line for thinking, for yeah. benchmarking. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right, Greg. And that is so uh, such an important point to bring up. I think we have this mindset of just go to the doctor and whatever they say is right or go do this and whatever the expert says. But we have brains as well. So use your brains and use your thought process. You know, the last two times I've gone to the doctor, there was something wrong with me. I had it figured out before I got in there, and I told the doctor what it was, and they both kind of laughed and said, you're exactly right, that's the problem, because I did enough research to figure out what my body was doing, right. and I was right. I'm no doctor, but I, I, can, I can think, and so don't be afraid to think. Now, I will say historically that we used to be able to trust our medical professionals. Yeah. We used to be able to trust, I would say for the most part, our government officials, because those people had a respect for their position, for their education, and for the institution that they represented. Yeah. And that doesn't exist anymore. Right. When you have medical professionals that are somehow helping to modify someone's biological condition that they were not born as, when they know medically from science that you can't change that, yeah. but yet they're helping people change that, yeah. you can't trust that medical professional. That's right. That's right. They've identified Why? themselves. Because our plumb line, how we know these things, is right here. That's right. It's in the Bible. That's right. So, That's right. anyway, not to get on a soapbox, but, you know, well, we, we've, we've got to get back to the basic principles that God's Word tells us how we need to behave and think in reason and rationalize is the humans how God's designed us. Yeah, and I, and I think that a great a great way to kind of sum this up too yeah. would be to say, look, the Bible is very clear that God's going to allow there to be great deception for those who don't who don't love the truth. If they don't choose the truth and love it, which is God's word, yeah. He's going to allow the world to be deceived. Now, when God has warned us, I'm going to allow the world to be deceived. More than ever, we need to be thinking for ourselves, because that means those that we've been looking to, to not be deceived, if they're not looking to God, they're going to be deceived. So we ourselves have to be thinkers and listeners and watchers and prayers and listen to God more and more as we get into the last days, because it's only going to get worse. Yeah. And not only that, Romans uh, chapter 1 tells us about that. And there's instances in the Bible that gives us examples how that can actually happen. The first one that pops to my mind is Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. You know? That I mean, he had a brain. Yeah, yeah. He, he was. I mean, for what he accomplished, he had a great brain. That's right. God let it go. Yep, that's right. Because of his pride and and unwillingness to hear the truth, as Daniel revealed it by the word of God. Yeah. To him. So anyway. Yep. Well, great. That was my heart. Okay. All right. Now let's go to Israel with your heart. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Daniel chapter 9 is a great, uh, I guess, chapter uh, here to talk about this article from the Times of Israel. Uh, ben Gavir, is that how you pronounce yep, his name? Right. Okay, yep. thank you. Faces dilemma as activists ask to hold Passover sacrifice on the Temple Mount. This is not the first ask. No, it's not. Let me read the article and tell you why this is a different ask than all the asks up to this point. Okay. Uh, each year, fringe group tries uh, to slaughter a lamb in line with his interpretation of the biblical edict, and it's always denied, the article says. But now it's asking a, a different kind of police minister. The Returning to the Mount group makes this request every year to no avail. That is, they want to do the Passover lamb, basically, and they want to do it on the Temple Mount, which is where it's supposed to be done. Uh, but Ben Gavir, who ascended the Temple Mount on Tuesday morning, which, by the way, caused a stir because it was an official from Israel going on the Temple Mount, <laughs> is no normal police minister. That's his position. And they stand a better chance than ever before to get permission to perform the controversial animal sacrifice ritual. I don't think they'll be able to, but they're right. They have a better chance, and I'll explain in a moment. Okay. Most Israeli security officials believe that permission the Passover sacrifice on the Temple Mount would prompt fierce protests by the Muslims in Jerusalem, the West Bank, 
and neighboring Arab, Arab countries, uh, and I, I think they're right. Uh, and it says, as a result, these requests have always been denied, through, uh, though activists have been permitted to perform the ritual slaughter of the lamb within the old city, but outside the Temple Mount. So every year, look, here's there's a lot of the Jews that realize we're supposed to be sacrificing a lamb every year at Passover. God commanded it. So we haven't been doing it for 2,000 years. We're going to start doing it. They've tried to go to the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount right now is run by the, uh, the, the, uh, um, the, the Muslim population, so that Jordan specifically, so they can't do it. So they've now been doing it in the Jewish quarter for the last few years where they actually sacrifice a Passover lamb on Passover and have a ceremony with priests and everything. But they try to go to the Temple Mount first, and they never let them. Now, of course, to the Arabs, I mean, to the Muslims, if they were let them to do that, then again, you're saying this is your holy spot, and now you're infringing on ours, and so there's going to be a fight. The reason this is different, they've tried to do it every year. Remember, Greg, we talked about Netanyahu just got elected, and he had to make some concessions to get to get his government together. In Israel, you get elected, but then you've got to put a government together of enough government groups, or you never get to govern. And whether you won the election or not, you, they have to have another election. You don't really get to be the prime minister unless you can bring a coalition together. Well, a part of the coalition he had to pull in were those who are much more, uh, ex- you know, extreme Israel Zionist, do it the way God say, you know, this kind of thing. And so he's got some guys right now that are in this ruling government that probably want to do sacrifices on the Temple Mount. And this Ben Gavir is one of these guys that's more open to that. So they're saying this guy may actually let us do it. Gotcha. Now, I think he would want them to do it. And they've never had a guy that really wanted him to. I think he'd want them to do it, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. We'll see. I think that even though he would want to, he realizes it might be too volatile to try to do that. But we'll find out. But that's what makes this very interesting. It's a whole different setting and different group of leaders. Uh, what is the uh, what is the thing that the Jews uh, celebrate or recognize? Is it Rosh Hashanah? Is that the day where they reflect on their sins? Yom Kippur. A Yom Kippur. Yeah, Rosh Hashanah's feast of trumpets. Yeah, I'm this sorry. is Yom yeah. Kippur. Yeah. Yom Kippur. That's a, I'm getting my feast confused. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, but that was instituted because they don't have a temple and they can't do the sacrifices, correct? Well, the Yom Kippur is always, God it's gave a, them Yom Kippur. Okay. Yeah, they just, they just can't do the sacrifice of Yom Kippur anymore. Okay, that component of it. Okay. Yes, and they can't do the Passover sacrifice. They can't do any of the sacrifices on oh. the Temple Mount. That's the problem. Okay. In part of the fat Passover uh, celebration, right? We know that every family had to bring their own lamb, right, to be sacrificed. Okay, that's right. But what was there also a lamb? And that's what I'm thinking is ha- was happening. There was also a lamb that was sacrificed for the nation. Yes, and that was on Yom Kippur. Okay, on Yom okay. Kippur they would go, and they did actually. They did have that when they would sacrifice. I, I do believe, Greg, they also would sacrifice national lambs at a certain time, which is interesting because I think they were sacrificing the national lambs at the time that the Lord was sacrificed on the cross, which is okay. very interesting. But. Uh, specifically on Yom Kippur, yes, they would have this where the priest would go in and sacrifice an oxen and these different things that get right. Then he would go in and do it for the for the nation. And then they had, of course, the, the scapegoats. Remember the goats? Right, yes. One got to live, one got sent away to, to represent carry the sin away. Or one, I'm sorry, one, one sacrificed and, and one, one got sent, sent away, sacri- yeah. at, at representing the sins being sent away from yes. the people or whatever into the wilderness. So yes, but so that that all the more reason puts you know the emphasis on why th- this would be so important from a religious yeah. standpoint. Yeah, and what it represents. Here, let me sum it up. They know they've been disobeying God for thousands of years. Yes, but they don't want to admit it, so they kind of pretend like they're okay. And now in Yom Kippur, for example, they try to do a lot of good works to make up for the fact they can't sacrifice the sacrifices. Okay, so now they're going. What's happening is we really know on the inside we're supposed to be doing these sacrifices, but we haven't been able to. Now there's a chance to let's start trying again. And now we've got this guy in there who may let us. Let's go for it. And you're seeing why is this so important? And why Daniel nine mentioned of the third temple? Here's yes. why. Because the Bible says in the last days, the third temple will be rebuilt. They are going to get to sacrifice up there yeah. again. And get this. It tells us in Daniel, they're going to start sacrificing on the temple mount 220 days before the temple is finished. So what they're going to do is they're going to go up there when they get permission from yeah. whoever. They're going to build an altar. They'll start doing the sacrifices while the temple's being built. So every year you'll have all the offerings and all the different feasts. They'll be offering animals up there. The smoke will be going up while they're building the temple. Then the temple will be finished. Then the Antichrist shows up. I'm God and all that stuff that's going to happen with that. But I mean, 
look what has to happen for that to take place. I mean, the world's got to change, and they're pushing it. So chances are, even though he has a, 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 a an inclination to let the Jews do that, yeah. uh, Ben Gavir, um, prophetically, probably that's not going to happen under his authority. Well, no, I think it's too good. Well, no, here's what I'm saying. What I'm talking about, the altar that's going to be built, is that's when all the feasts are going to be. It's going to be regular, okay? But something leading up to that, prior to let them do one on Passover, I could see that happening. You could see that. I could. That doesn't have to happen under the hand of the Antichrist. No, there's, well, it doesn't okay. tell us. Okay. It doesn't tell okay. us. But but I think under the hand of the Antichrist is going to be the permission to do well, all to the build, sacrifices. Well, to build the temple. Yeah, which and then they'll start the sacrifices. Yeah. But you wonder, is anybody going to allow them to do something up there before that? I don't think so. And so I'm thinking not. But yeah, I think the Antichrist is going to be the one, as you said, where it kicks in full steam and does it, that 220 yeah. days. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's impossible for something to happen before that, because they're already doing it in the Jewish quarter, And but I think it would cause riots and it would be a mess. I don't know if they're going to mess with that. Yeah. Well, more to come on that, yeah. I'm sure. Just, and especially as we get closer to Passover this year. Oh, that's what this is yeah, all about. I know they're, exactly. That's what so, they're pushing yes. now. And here's the point. It's not just the Passover lamb. It's... Let's build that temple, because if it's on the Temple Mount, the goal is get that temple built. So that's what we're seeing pushed. That is a last day's event that is soon to come. So us as believers, we should be excited about that, because that could be a prophetic barometer of sorts that shows us exactly how close we are to certain things that will allow us to be out of here. Get out of here. You're not kidding, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Okay, let's come back to America. Uh, Let's go to ChristianHeadlines.com. This is a new report and a new thing for us, really. Attacks on American churches have increased 174% just since 2018. Yeah, amazing. So in four years' time. Yeah, amazing. Used to, this is the kind of stuff you heard about in other countries, but not America. Well, it has come to a country near you. The number of documented attacks on churches has steadily increased in recent months and years. Um, and of course they're saying there's an uptick in 2022 as well in the abortion related vandalism because of Roe versus Wade. The number of attacks on churches, as you said, Greg, from 2018 to 2022 was 174% increase. The report examined vandalism, arson, arson attempts, and shootings. Most of the acts of hostility, 342 of the 420 involved vandalism. So it's, 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 you know, either way, it's not good, but criminal acts of vandalism and destruction on church property are likely symptomatic of a collapse in societal reverence and respect for a house of worship and religion. I would, in Christianity, I would agree 100%, but Greg, here's the ultimate. It really is a lack of reverence and respect for God. Yeah. And I'm seeing that across the board. I'm seeing more and more just blasphemy in regular shows, uh, in movies, blasphemy. I'm seeing even, um, uh, I'm seeing people that are not afraid to directly challenge God. I mean, just verbally out in the open. I mean, these are the kind of things we haven't seen in America, just on rare occasion, maybe over the years, happening more regularly now. And so it doesn't surprise me about this report. But what it shows is the decline of America and their connection to God. At the same time, we're seeing an increase in our calamities in America, and it all makes sense. Whenever we turn from God, more calamity. When we turn to God, less calamity. The two have always gone together. They always will. So this doesn't surprise me, but it does make me sad. You know, it kind of... It gives a good illustration for, you know, the old adage, you know, heaping up for themselves God's judgment. Yes. Um, now, you tied that article to Matthew 24. Uh, this one is tied to Joel 3, 2, Pastor Mark. This is from Times of Israel. Blinken tells Israel's new finance minister, at least I think that's what the FM stands for. There, yes. Uh, not well, frequency modulation. Yeah, Yes. For, well, foreign minister. Foreign minister, I'm yeah, sorry. Foreign minister, Eli Cohen. Yep. It's all right. <laughs> it's it's all be, right. I knew it was going to be one of those. FM radio. I, well, I, like I said, I, I was just throwing some FMs out yes, there. Eventually, yes. one of them will stick. Yes. Uh, U.S. will oppose steps. This is what Blinken is telling the new, the new foreign minister. Uh, U.S. will oppose steps that will undermine any two-state solution. Yeah. Once again, it's basically, and I want to take this to a higher level, this is America facing off with God. Yeah, and, here, and I'll explain why. Uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on Monday stressed U.S. opposition to policies that undermine efforts to reach a two-state solution to the Israel-Palestinian conflict during his first call with the new foreign minister, Eli Cohen. By the way, the word Cohen indicates he's a descendant of Aaron, uh, the priestly line. So uh, very interesting that he's uh, talking with the, the priestly line there. The United States has repeatedly stressed this position. 
uh, before and after Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's government was sworn in last week. Netanyahu's right religious coalition has agreed to expand Israeli settlements. See here, now Greg, here's another thing they're doing. Remember I told you they have the right wing that have taken more power because of the agreements that he had to make. They're, they're trying to expand Israeli settlements in the West Bank and legalize dozens of wildcat outposts. Which, and it was given more territory to the Israelis. The first clause of its overall government guidelines specifies, and I quote, the Jewish people have an exclusive and inalienable right to all parts of the land of Israel. Amen, I say. And an area that includes the biblical Judea and Samaria, today's West Bank. Uh, they also agreed in principle with the far-right religious Zionism faction to annex large parts of the West Bank, which is God's land. This is God's land. Uh, but for the Biden administration, any moves toward the West Bank uh, annexation or changing the status quo um, you know, on the Temple Mount are red lines, according to the Israeli officials. Now, Here's the bottom line. God gave the land to Israel. God brought them back in the land. God said, do not divide my land up. And in in, uh, Joel chapter 3, it speaks about God's judgment against those who divided his land. So... What they're saying is, is, is they're saying, look, we're going to take more of the land that God's given us. And Blink is saying, don't you dare. Don't you dare go and take what God has given you. Who do you think you are? God's, God's chosen? Do you think you're the ones that God promised it to? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're the ones God promised it to. But Blinken doesn't know that. Um, but the bottom, right. I mean, bottom line is, is we're not fighting Israel. Our nation is fighting God, and that always concerns me and scares me. We need to stay out of God's way. We don't need to be poking our finger in God's eye like Blinken is doing, or he's going to be, you know, he's the one who should be blinking uh, from the, the finger poked in his <laughs> eye, right? Um, but either way, yes. that's what's going on here. So this is when I watch this stuff, it affects us as a nation because we are making national stands not against Israel. We're making national stands against God. That's fearful. Yeah. All right, our next article comes from Israel 365 News. It's according to a Pew report from the Pew Research Center. Yeah. Newly elected Congress is supposedly 88% Christian. Yeah. Now, I would have never in my wildest dreams imagined anything close to that percentage. Yeah. Based on what we've seen on the news this week. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's the definition of a Christian to those who say they are. Exactly. You know, Greg, just because you say you're a Christian does not mean you are one. And there's lots of jokes that go with that. But the reality is, you're not a Christian unless you make a true commitment to Christ. And you're right. You see the mess going on there uh, that's happening in Washington right now. But at the same time, I, I think this is good that it's the Pew Report that does it, because this stinks. And, and the reason I say it does <laughs> is because it doesn't matter who gets elected. It doesn't matter. Yes. Nothing really changes. Have you noticed? Nothing, Nothing really changes. No. So, I mean, to me, it all stinks, uh, but it just shows you the downfall of our nation. Uh, again, uh, from the 80th Congress, it says Christians make up, at least I'll say this, those in name make up 88% of the voting members of the new Congress compared to only 63% of U.S. adults overall. 469 out of 534 total members self-identify as Christians. Now, I don't want to discourage you out there listening. I hope there's some true believers there, and there probably are. So I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm simply saying, don't get too excited when you read a headline that says 88% Christians elected, because if that was the truth, we'd see our nation turn to God in just a major way, which we're not going to see happen. Um, um, so, And I want to say something else. When Jesus identified who a true believer was, who a true follower was, he gave four different categories. He talked about sowing the seeds. Yes. He said he sowed seed in one area. And immediately the birds came and plucked it out. That is, the birds represent the demonic realm in Scripture. So he said, the seeds got planted. This is the person that goes to church. They might even say they're a Christian, but they don't hear a thing said. The moment it's preached, the moment they hear it, it's gone. The enemy plucks it out. It doesn't change their life. It doesn't affect them. It doesn't even, it doesn't make any progress anywhere. Then he said, there's a second group where it hits the ground and they just get so excited. They immediately produce it. It, it pops up and they're like all over the place. Oh, I can't wait. I want to serve everywhere. I'm going to be a part of this, whatever. And he said, as soon as the heat gets turned up, when the sun gets hot, that is, as soon as the person who gets all excited has some heat and pressure because of their faith, because they're shallow, they have very shallow soil, and the rock is right underneath. The roots are shallow, yeah. They die. They walk away, and they don't follow. They don't go any longer to church. They're done, whatever. They have the third group where the seed gets planted. Yes, it grows, but it has all the, the troubles of the world are the weeds. They worry about money, you know, you know, just life, whatever, and it chokes out any fruitfulness. And you get to the last group, Greg, the only group of those four. That produced any lasting fruit. The only one was that last group, he said, where they flourish and they produce fruit. That's 25%. That's 25%. Yeah. 
That's 25% of those in that example who were making themselves available to the Word of God and, and walking with God. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that only means that 25% of those who say they're Christians are real Christians, but I will say this. I've been hearing these statistics for years about as a nation, used to. Back when I was a kid, 88% of the nation was said to be Christian. But look how unchristian our nation was in so many places. If our nation was truly that way, you wouldn't have seen where we are now. Yeah. And, and what you see, you see about 25% of those who call themselves Christians are really the ones that I think are living it out. I'm not giving a number on it. I'm not saying I'm speaking for God. I'm right. saying the Lord showed us just because somebody is hearing God's word, even sitting in the pews, pretending to be something, there's only a small percentage that are the real deal. And this 88% doesn't impress me. You know, what's really interesting is that parable that you mentioned. I was just sharing that parable yesterday to illustrate why we were talking uh, about discipleship. Yes. And how discipleship is the missing component and i think discipleship is represents what the fruit of that that fourth uh illustration in the parable yeah you know that the seed was planted on on the rock yeah you know in in the good soil and came up and that that's the result of that discipleship that happens and the components within discipleship and the other ones are so that's representative of the church yeah and so it's no doubt that we see that played out in our government. And what a great point, Greg, just to kind of extrapolate on that some, because you yeah. know what? if you take somebody that that 25% that really lets it soak in, what about the other 75%? I wonder how much of them, it may not work for those that have the shallow soil because there's nothing much to work with. Right. But those that have hard ground, which is the first group, and those that are choked out by weeds, which is the second group. I wonder if they were personally discipled, if you could help them break up that ground so the seed could get in, and those that are being choked, you could help them pull the weeds so that they have a chance to produce fruit. And so discipleship could, could I think, take that 25%, maybe, Grow it. Yeah. to 75 You know, I think yep. that other 25 pretty much not going to happen if there's no depth at all. But, but you look at that and go, only God knows. But I've always noticed that. Uh, the Lord emphasized there was only 25% of those that he, that were hearing the seed and getting scattered that it had any true lasting impact. And I think that really from the years I've walked with God and looked at the church and see the numbers of people that come to church and really the, the percentage of people that are really committed Christians, it's probably only about 25% that are truly in the word every day. They're in prayer every day. They're serving. They're, they're training their kids up in the word and they're showing that true commitment and fruit to Christ. The other 75%, you're doing your best you can to try to, you know, woo them in and get them to get involved and be a part. It's, it's, yeah. it, I think there's a, there's a real hidden gem in that parable. Well, and not only that, I think it illustrates why, you know, uh, counseling has just blown up in the church today yeah. and the need for counseling is so great in the church today yeah. is because there's such a lack of discipleship yeah. in the church today yeah. you know and and helping people how to live out what they believe how to grow deeper in their relationship right. with Jesus so the counseling becomes less and less yeah so anyway but yeah. that's a whole nother topic and Probably a whole nother show. Good stuff, though. Good stuff, <laughs> but good man. Stuff. Yes. Uh, but we are Signs of the Times. This is a weekly Bible prophecy show right here every Friday afternoon at one thirty on WIAM LP Knoxville. Or later on as a podcast. This is episode 245, wherever you listen to podcasts. We thank you for joining us. All right, now let's get into some pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. Uh, because we just did not have enough of this over the holidays. <laughs> Uh, this is from Israel National News asking the question, are COVID vaccines effective? Because a study shows chances of contracting COVID increase with each dose. And you've referenced, Pastor Mark, Second uh, Thessalonians 2.11 for this story. Yeah, you know, this is interesting, Greg, um, to look at this, because now what's happening is we're getting far enough down the road um, to see that doing multiple shots is not helping. Um, as a matter of fact, we know now even one shot didn't stop people from getting it. And now these are legitimate studies coming out of Israel and, and, and here in America that are showing actually the more shots you get, the greater your chances are of catching COVID. Who would have thought this? But now we have the, uh, the, the scientific, scientific evidence. Let me read some of this. A new study that followed over 50,000, this is huge, working age people has revealed that, uh, that far more, uh, far from reducing the chance of contracting COVID, the shots actually make it more likely 
that an individual will contract the virus. Not only that, the risk of contracting COVID was actually shown to increase dramatically in relation to the number of shots a person received. The study involved 51,000 employees of the Cleveland Clinic between September and December of 2022. A secondary aim. So this we're talking Cleveland Clinic and studies out of Israel. We're not talking about somebody in this basement and the whole, see what I'm saying? <laughs> A secondary aim of the study uh, was to examine yes. the effectiveness of each succeeding shot. And the results were, as the, as the researchers write, unexpected. Here's what they found. There was an increased risk of COVID-19 with higher numbers of prior vaccine shots, as illustrated starkly in the cumulative uh, incident plots uh, that they graphed. People who had three or more doses were around three times, or get this, if you had three or more doses, 300% more likely to get COVID than those who were unvaccinated. That's not a small percentage. Oh, my goodness. Another way of describing this is that the shot has a negative, a negative efficacy of minus 200. In other words, if you want to catch COVID, get the shot. This is huge, Greg, because don't you wish we'd have had this three years ago? Um, I look at this and go, this is the kind of stuff, guys, you need to share. Go to our website, get this article, share this with your friends. Um, these are the kind of things that people need to know. And, and this is from Israeli National News. It's not from some Christian news site. It's not from some backwoods thing. This is official news agencies releasing this information. This is the Cleveland Clinic. All right, for crying out loud, it's time for us to talk about this and people to be aware of this because we're only making things worse with this whole shot campaign that's going on. You know, we had probably a year at least of dealing with COVID prior to the vaccine being available and distributed for use. And you can take a look at the death statistics of that year versus the statistics following the shots being administered. Yeah. Total mortality rate. The total mortality rate. Yes. You know, this kind of, can I say circle back or am I going to say sound like Jen Psaki? Yeah, we better not do that. Okay. All right. Uh, can we go back in time? Uh, yeah, that's that's um. Whatever. Xfinity, can can I use it? Can I use it? Or I was thinking, wasn't there a rock song? Yeah, well, we no. go, turn back time. Yeah, Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi think, or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, okay, <laughs> let's go back. To, know that, all right, but, let's okay. go to the first part of our program <laughs> when we talked about the need for critical thinking. Yes, I mean this is another example yeah. of where we, just being able to comprehend statistics. Yeah. To see the see the difference, it's the information. The truth is right in front of us. Yeah, statistically. Yeah, you know, Greg. Again, here's why we brought this up at the first, and I'm going to read this verse out loud to us because I believe there's a demonic deception going on. Uh, there's a blindness going on, and I think a lot of people don't want to think about it. Um, and, and but they don't want to feel duped, Pastor Mark. I, I don't think it, because they they put trust in something that we've historically been able to trust. Yeah, I, you're right. Listen, to what it says here. Um, it says in in Second Thessalonians. I'm gonna start in nine. Eleven is what I put down, but Second Thessalonians nine through eleven, the coming of the lawless one, that's the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, <laughs> and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Because they did not receive the love of the truth. In other words, they rejected the mm. Bible, so they were able to be deceived. So notice the result. They, they didn't receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So God saw they rejected his word, and that's what it says he did. And for this reason, God will send them strong mm. delusion that they should believe the lie. Wow. So that's a condemnation. It's pretty heavy. That's heavy. And and this doesn't mean if you're a believer out there and you've had the COVID shot that somehow you've, you're you're condemned. We're not saying that. I want to make sure people yeah. don't misunderstand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And our point here is not if you've had even the COVID shot. We're talking about those who continue to keep all these shots and all these boosters. Now they're pushing for more and more and right. more. Right. Again, we go back to pharmacia. Right. There's strong right. delusion. The world deceived yeah. by pharmacia. I think we're watching yeah. it take place in yeah. front of our very eyes. Yeah. I think the opportunity for repentance on every level is there, and I think that that would be God's will 
and best for every man yeah. is that they repent of their sins yeah. or repent of the direction and the way of thinking that they're going that's being led by the world, that's being led by the spirit of Antichrist, right. and everything that was just described there in that verse, and turn to the truth, turn to the way, turn to the life, turn to Jesus Christ, turn to what he's, he's telling us in his word. But for those that don't, you know, I mean, that's almost like a replay of Pharaoh. You know, Pharaoh was, you know, warned repeatedly. Yeah. And eventually, at some point, God came alongside Pharaoh and agreed with him. Yeah, that's what the word means in the language, Greg. That's where the word said he's come in. He, you know, he said, is that what you want? I'll, I'll solidify your heart in it. Yeah. So he came alongside and agreed with him and, yeah. and, and uh, hardened his heart. Yeah. And so even though, even after that, Pharaoh looked like he was... He he was going to do the right thing, yeah. But sure enough, he did the wrong thing, and that's because his heart was hardened. Yeah. So anyway, I just think that you know uh, there's an opportunity for everyone, even if you've taken the shot, even whatever. Our prayer is that it you know that your, your eyes would be open to the truth that's there. Yeah, and I would give here would be my caution. Look, just because if you have had a shot, it doesn't mean necessarily something is bad's going to happen to you. We're no. not saying that. Here's what I'm saying. I would stop at this point because here's what we're finding is we're finding him. Now we see these players, you know, we see these things happening, these athletes, and we do have an article about that here in a moment, I believe. Uh, uh, yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Okay, we, we get do. to more of that, but it's an under good news. But yes. what we're, what's happening is the world governments are pushing more, 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 more. And I see the hand of the enemy. I think it's part of that pharmacia prophecy. And Greg, I think it's going to end up uh, um, damaging and hurting a lot of people. And so we need to be aware of it and have our eyes wide open. And like we've said, throughout this whole program that whole push for these shots in fully whatever you want to call it you know booster after booster whatever it is and as a matter of fact you even shared um before the show that that's the original vaccine yeah there this is something that oh, right, I'm sorry, the, it's the vaccine the that, original strand wuhan for the original strand, strand the very first uh, uh, strand that came out no longer exists there is no wuhan anymore on the planet it has died out which is conducive of of viruses okay it's died out however the shot that they're offering and have been offering for the last three years is still the same for the Wuhan. So if you go and get a booster today, you're getting a booster for Wuhan, which doesn't even exist. Yeah. So, so there, again, the mindset is, yes, but I'll, I'm doing a good thing, so I'm going to go do this. No, there is no protection from it, so stop taking them. Yeah. You know, it's almost, you, you remember in the beginning there in Job, we, you know, God pulls back the, the curtains of heaven for us so we can see this dialogue that, Satan has with God. Yes. Regarding what Satan wants to do. That's right. And let's pull back the curtain for what we know what the spirit of antichrist is all about, what Jesus told us in John chapter 10 what the what the enemy came, comes to do, right. to steal, to kill, to destroy, and he does it roaring roaming about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour through those three ways. That He's looking and he's seeing, hmm, not enough people are dying. Yeah. My agenda is to steal, to kill, to destroy. And so supernaturally, because people are under the influence of Satan, if they're not under the influence of God, first John five nine, oh well let, let push 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 your peoples to get another shot. Right. More shots. More shots. Yeah, I, I just, again, and I want to say this, I do believe there are some shots that have helped. Uh, I think there are things that have happened we've seen, you know, that have, uh, whether it be um, um, polio or I don't know. I mean, there, I know there are things well, that have yes, helped people's in the, lives. In the past, historically, uh, yes. but, but Pastor Mark, those were true vaccines right. as defined by what a vaccine is, is taking a strand of the original virus. Yeah. And making it into that vaccine status right. where you get just enough of it right. so your body can yeah. naturally build immunities. This mRNA is yeah. not a true no. vaccine. No, they're not vaccines. They're not vaccines at all. They don't fit the definition. They don't fit the fact, definition. You know, they changed the, the, yes. the definition. And let me say... Just like they're trying to take yeah. to the de and, definition of a woman. And let me say, the last time I checked, it was the same um, um, you know, shot they were giving for the very first one. If it's changed since then, I don't know. I can check on that you know, to make sure I'm on that. Uh, but I don't think they have. If anything, they may have done Omicron. Omicron. I don't even think Omicron had an Omicron uh, variant in it. I think it's all back to the Wuhan. So I was going to say that as a d disclaimer. Um you know, in case somebody, if you if you find out that's wrong, send me that information. I'll correct that. Yeah. But I think we're still using the same original, which is crazy. Why anybody would be taking a shot for something that doesn't even exist anymore? And even now that we know it's not doing anything, it's not helping.
Yeah. So hopefully this information helps. All right, let's get into some good news. We can use some. Uh, this is an interesting good news story. This is from Algaminer or Algaminer.com. Uh, Central Bureau of Statistics, I think that's probably there in Israel, is reporting that Israel's Christian population grew by two percent last year. Yeah, that's it's interesting. Again, yeah. Again, when I when I read the article, I I couldn't find the actual statistics of where it grew the two percent. But I, they just here's what they say according to data. Was it like for people that were immigrating or people that were giving their lives to the Lord in within that were already there? Well, again, from the article, I couldn't. I, again, I don't think they gave enough information, but they did say um, that the Christians compromised um, compromised less than two percent of the population of those hundred eighty two thousand Christians. Seventy five point eight percent were Arab Christians who constitute six point nine of the total Arab population. Mm. Uh, anyway, I kind of got in, in the minutiae. I couldn't quite have, couldn't find the statistic they were giving, but I, but I know that it's there. I know they just they did the headline. And they talked about it. But here's the, the point to me is I know it's accurate. It's from Israeli uh, news. The reality is, and, and the reason I want to leave this in here is Christianity is growing in Israel. It's growing in Israel. Believers, there are people that are coming to Christ over there. I was talking to a guy recently who was a believer over there, and he said that used to, I don't know, maybe 30 years ago or so, I forget how long he was talking about, they'd have a gathering of Christians, and you'd have maybe one or two or three churches you know, get together from the nation for this event, and they're having like up to 20 churches now gathering for these events. So the church is growing. It may not sound like a lot to us here. But when you're talking about Jews converting to Jesus Christ before God pours his spirit out in the last days, that's God's grace. That's the remnant. But God is now raising up the remnant. More Jews are getting saved. And when he pours out his spirit, there's going to be a massive uh, a, a group of 144,000. Well, them plus more, I believe. Plus That'll more. be the oh. initial. But I think there's okay. going to be even more. So, it, you know, we'll see. But that's going to start it off. It's going to be huge. So this is exciting news. I can say firsthand from my connections in Israel, they've been telling me the same thing. Mm. Christianity is growing in Israel, and this article just increases it, so or just uh, 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 adds to it. So it may not sound like a lot to our listeners when you say 2% growth, but when you're talking about a nation that has rejected their Messiah almost wholesale up until now, this is fantastic news from God. And is there any kind of law on the books there in Israel regarding proselytization? Yes, there is. You cannot uh, proselytize. You can't try to convert anybody under 18. Uh, if they're over 18, you're allowed to talk to them about it. If they want to make that decision, they can. But 18 and under, you cannot. It's almost like they put a rating on it. Like it's R-rated. It's X-rated. Right. You can't go in and say, no, no, you cannot share Jesus with anybody 18 and under and try to convert them. Right. That is, you, you can talk about Jesus. But if you try to convert them, that's against the law in Israel, 18 and under. Or the re- 17 and under, maybe. The reason why I ask that is because, and unfortunately, I guess the article really doesn't reveal what we what I would like to know, and that is, is that... In what age group does that 2% growth represent? No, see, that's a great question. I wish I knew. Because you want to know what? If you've got a teenager, if you've got a 13 or 14-year-old that's given their life to Jesus over there, what's stopping them from talking to their buddy that's 13 or 14 years old? And they will. Exactly. And they will. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think, I think yeah. and probably, Greg, among kids, it's probably not against the law. I think it would probably have to do with an it adult. It would be an adult. I would think an adult trying to go and convert somebody over because, again, they, they connect their Jewishness Yes. To their belief, to their nation, to being, you know, their nation. So to become something other than that to them is like, well, are you really a Jew anymore? Yeah. Now, the other question would be adult. Okay. Adult according to how we view as an adult in, in this country to the legal age of 18. Right. Or how they view an adult religiously through their bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah. Well, it's obviously up to the 18. You, okay. You know, yeah. Because, I'm just curious. Well, I think, I'm thinking it's either eight, it's either 17 or 18 and under. You can't proselytize okay so but you're right they consider a a a girl a woman at 12 or she have she has her bat mitzvah yes they consider a man his bar mitzvah at 13 at 13 yeah yeah, because again boys develop slower than than girls we need an extra year but think about this i mean look at look at god's schedule look at what they saw and recognized from the lord as far as maturity yeah um how sad, you know, that they can look at the 13 year olds and say all right you need to live like a man now and we got our 13 year olds (laughs) and we can't even get them off the video game Right. Uh, it's just a different world and a different level of responsibility and maturity. But again, being raised in the Word of God, which they typically have been historically, it causes people to mature faster. Yeah. Now, we've talked about it before. I think that, um, I think by the age of five, I forget which one it was, one of our presidents by the age of five had read through the Bible something like three times. Our very first, um, um, uh, Russian ambassador, uh, was, was, uh, 14 years old. America's first Russian ambassador. He was 14. 
he represented our nation to go to Russia and represent us. I saw... <laughs> we can't send a kid to Weigelson back at 14 and make sure they're going to get everything you sent them to get. I saw a statistic, and I don't know if it's true or not, um, that I think our founding fathers were in their 20s. That wouldn't shock me at all. Again, the, when you see when you see people that are raised in the Word of God, Greg, from the very get go, yeah. they mature so rapidly. Uh, they are so smart. There's something about the Word of God that does a supernatural thing in the brain and the mind, yeah. and it just is a different. It's a different breed of human that is raised from the childhood up in the Word of God. Yeah, it just praise is. the Lord for that. It is all right. The Blaze brings us our last article of the day, Pastor Mark. Yes, talking about ESPN's Dan Orlovsky. Prayed out loud for Demar Hamlin on an NFL Live broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Th- I was watching part of this broadcast. I missed his prayer, but again, this is awesome. Again, I watched the show, but I didn't happen to see that episode. Yeah, if, for those who don't know, and and, and probably most do, the uh, Hamlin, twenty four years old, uh, this uh, Demar Hamlin with col- the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, he's collapsed on the field with cardiac arrest. We talked about him earlier during Last Monday, Monday night, night football, yeah. and everybody was so shaken up. I, I'm here watching it, going, "Oh yeah." I was telling Tracy. This is where you see the difference in somebody that's a believer or people who know what to do and just sports fans because they just sat there and didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to say. It was so awkward between commercials. I mean, I was watching some of them. They just kind of sat there and were like, yeah, yeah, this is really bad. Yeah, but nobody would do that. Nobody we're going had, to another commercial. And yep. Then they came back and went, yeah, yeah, this is really bad. I was like, guys, they need somebody on the set to say, you know, this is the time we need to turn our eyes toward God. And so apparently this guy finally did it, or uh, Orlovsky, a former Probably NFL the next quarterback. Day. Yeah. No, he did it that night. Was it that Spoke night? Spoke on NFL Live, NFL Live broadcast with these guys. And here's what he said. Huh. He said, football gave me everything, you know, and I think that even though uh, the midst of the absolute tragedy last night, or the next night, sorry, because the absolute tragedy last night, see, it was the next day, I apologize, you're right. I think you saw some of the beauty of football as well, that it's brought us all here together. I was, I was just saying it was live, is my point. Sure. He continued saying, this is a little bit different. I've heard it all day. Thoughts and prayers. All we can do is pray for him. I've heard the <laughs> Buffalo Bills organization say we believe in prayer, and maybe this is not the right thing to do, but it's just on my heart. I want to pray. And so he prayed, and um, he said, I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head. He just announced what he was going to do. <laughs> and he said, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand that, uh, that are hard because we believe that you're God, and coming to you and praying to you has impact. We're sad, we're angry, uh, we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray. Truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer, we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. And we lift up Damar Hamlin in your name. Amen. Now, again, wow. he, he didn't say in Jesus' name. He didn't, he kind of, but here's the thing to be, to be on national TV, NFL, which yeah. these guys are not exactly pro God. Uh, I mean, this guy and made a stand. That was, and my guess, what? his first time ever doing that on that type of setting. Oh, I, 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 in, on TV. I doubt that anybody has prayed on NFL Live and said, yeah. in, in, prayed to God in, in your name. <laughs> yeah. It'll exactly. gotten that close. So, yes, yeah. I think, but again, you know, look, we need men who are bold, we need women who are bold. Um, what I could, when I was, was watching that that night, Greg, what I saw was these people need Jesus. That team, these people on the air, our nation, we need Jesus. Because what happens is when you see death like that or what you think is death, yes. and, you, then the, and the reality of death or how close it is and how quick it can happen, everything else, what nothing matters. Who cares if you're the best quarterback in the NFL and you're rich? If you die, it doesn't matter. And so this whole reality of, you know what, we're talking now mortality, eternity. It's those moments where people go, you know what, there's more to life than just fun and games and what I'm doing. I'm going to stand before God one day and eternity is real and I better face things. You know, I encourage all of us. It's a time. Don't be afraid. Pray for boldness to pray with others, to turn people's eyes to the Lord. I think you're going to see more and more people open and available to allow you to minister to them because they want answers as well. And by the way, if they don't want answers, they'll tell you and then don't share with them. You don't throw pearls to swine, but let's make sure that we're offering pearls to those who may be needing them. And that is the word of God. Well, you know how many people over the last three years have watched others die before them, watched their life die before them as they knew their life on how to live it because of restrictions or lockdowns or things like that. And because they did not have Jesus in their life, they like that on that Monday night. So many people didn't have hope. They didn't know what to do. They, they, They froze. Yeah. And yet Jesus gives us hope, gives us a way out, gives us the remedy, gives us thing. And Dan demonstrated that for everyone 
on a national broadcast, which yeah. is fantastic, but all the more reason why people need Jesus for times like that in their life. Yeah. So they can cry out to God and see that there's a God who loves them and wants them to be a part of his life. Yeah, and Greg, the ultimate thing that matters is eternity. And yeah. where where are you going? And I just leave that with our listeners today. Do you know where you're going when you die? Because if you do, you have peace. If you don't, yeah. you have panic. Jesus Christ through the cross. You confess your sins. You believe in his blood to forgive you. You ask forgiveness. Yeah. You turn to him and you'll be saved. That's yeah. your hope. Absolutely. And folks, don't you panic. We'll be back next Friday at 1.30. For more articles and things to discuss as we look at God's Word in relation to the end times, as we review the signs of the times every Friday right here on WIAM. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we'll be back next Friday at one thirty.